Ruth chapter 3 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of your kindred with those maidens thou wast? Behold, he went with barley tonight in the fleshing, threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be, when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in, and uncover his feet, and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. Let's pray. Father, God, we already thank you for your presence. Lord, the wonderful testimonies that uh, have come from the lips of people, uh, from their hearts, uh, Lord, that you've impressed upon them to speak is a blessing tonight. Lord, I thank you for this number that's gathered out here in the house of God. And Lord, we just give you glory, honor, and praise for what you're going to do for our folks here tonight. Lord, I pray that when we leave here, we'll say that it's been good to be in your house. And Lord, that we'll all be closer to you because of it. And Lord, I pray you'd undergird me with your spirit and your power. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to my mind, dear God, and loose this tongue and let it go where we can preach your word. And Lord, we'd be ever so thankful for you. In Jesus' name we do humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. As Christians, we ought to have a desire tonight to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, we want to know Him better. We want to see Him more clearly. And we want to love Him more. That ought to be our desire. Because, uh, you know, like the brother said earlier, we failed him many a times, but he has never failed us. And I would like to see all of us, including myself, uh, to move closer to God than we've ever been before. And to move and stay close to him uh, uh, in this journey of which we call Christianity. See, Christianity is not a code, it's not a creed, it's Christ. Uh, Every child of God desires uh, uh, more than just redemption. Or you should desire more than just redemption. You ought to desire a relationship with Christ that comes along with that redemption. We ought to desire uh, more than the gifts that we receive from the above. We want to have that relationship with the giver that's giving those gifts. We want a relationship with Jesus Christ to be real to us and to be real in our lives. For when we walk out before others, Brother Damon, they'll see Christ in us. And when people see Christ in us, it makes a change in their life. That's what people should be seeing. And here in the book of Ruth, chapter 3, it tells of a very close and intimate relationship of Ruth who pictures the church, and with Boaz, who pictures the Lord Jesus Christ. And through the advice that Naomi gave to Ruth, uh, we can learn five ways tonight, just from this scripture, on how to draw closer to Jesus. Five ways to draw closer to Jesus. Now, I believe if uh, an individual was to come to me tonight or tomorrow or next week, whenever it may be, and say, you know, I believe I'm as close to God as I'll ever be. 
I believe I would doubt that individual. I don't know if we can ever get as close as we need to be. But what's wrong with having a, a, that unction deep down inside of us uh, to get closer to God uh, each and every day in which we live uh, and allow Him to speak to our hearts where you may think it's an audible voice. That's being close. Uh, it's being close when God speaks to your heart. It's being close when we become faithful. It's, be, it's being close when you have a desire to read the Word of God. But how can we draw closer? First of all, I believe we can pull out of Ruth chapter 3 and verse number 3. we got to be freshly cleansed. Freshly cleansed. The Bible says, wash thyself therefore. Wash. We must be clean if we're going to draw nearer to our Lord. People don't understand that. It's not about being cleaner. It's about being clean. And we can hide some things, you know, in our life. Uh, uh, and we can get rid of some of the small things or, and, 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 you know, and become cleaner. But I'm talking about being clean under God. I'm talking about getting on an altar of prayer and allowing the Lord to search your heart uh, and to clean you up from all your unrighteousness. Uh, there's, a, there's a simple way, and I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, putting down this method of prayer. I mean, we've all said it. We've all done it. We've all come to an altar of prayer, and we've said, Lord, uh, uh, please forgive me of all my sins and, and where I failed you. Matter of fact, that's a good prayer. But if you want to become real clean, uh, let's get specific with those sins, uh, and let's get specific with our prayers uh, and ask God uh, to forgive us of those sins. Oh, God, forgive me for where I've lied today. Oh, God, forgive me of where I've committed adultery. God, forgive me for doing wrong in business dealings. Oh, God, forgive me for being unfaithful. I believe if we'll be honest with ourselves and be honest with God in the sins that we partake in, I believe that He'll get close to you and you'll get close to Him. And my friends, it'll make a difference in the life that you live. I just often wonder if sometimes God is used as a spare tire. And He's only used when we need Him. I'm here to tell you folks, my life is just like anybody else's. I have ups and I have downs. Uh, You have bad times and you have good times. I mean, I'm not immune to that. But I can tell you one thing. Just because I'm going through a bad time doesn't mean I'm going to turn my back on God. Uh, Just because things are bad doesn't mean I'm going to quit on Him and walk away. Uh, Just because things are bad. uh, Listen, I want to praise Him and honor Him uh, in the bad times uh, and in the good times. uh, And if we'll do that, that'll go a long way. I'm talking about personal things now. Personal things sometimes happen to us that are bad. But this is what I can't quite understand. Damon, is when, and you've probably seen this already, when things are bad in somebody's life, instead of running to the one that can help them, they run the other direction. And that's how Satan uh, himself uh, uh, moves in on an individual and tells them that God does not love them uh, and that God cannot help them. Uh, uh, Why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your finances? That's what Satan does. That's his job. But I'm glad greater is He that sent me than He that's in this world. 
and I'm going to trust in Him through bad times. I'm going to trust in Him during good times. No matter the trial, no matter the valley, no matter the mountaintop, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. But trust in the One that's brought you this far and don't turn away from Him because He can help you. He can help you. But we've got to be cleansed. James 4, 8, I believe it says, Draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. How are we to be cleansed? We're to be cleansed by the Word of God. The Bible tells us in Psalm 119, 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. You see, the Bible cleanses us uh, by revealing the solution to our sin. Uh, The Lord speaks to His children uh, the majority of the time through the Word of God. We can be cleansed uh, by the Word uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Folks, when we look through the Word of God, we'll be able to tell uh, uh, when we're out of line. And the Holy Ghost will speak to you and let you know when you're out of line. And it'll give you solutions to help you make it through. But we got to be cleansed. we got to be clean. Many of people that we see and minister to on a day-to-day basis... Um, they, it really gets to me sometimes, Harold, because they say, I'm praying for you, preacher. You're sitting here drunk as a skunk and you're praying for me. Yeah. Right. You're sitting there uh, 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 shacked up and, and, and living with this woman out of wedlock and, and, and you've not got no desire to get married to her and, and, and you're praying for me. That's when your prayers don't get past the ceiling. When sin abounds in the life of an individual, the Bible tells us iniquity comes in between us and God. And when that happens, He's turning a deaf ear. He's not hearing anything but that prayer of, Lord, please forgive me of this sin that I have committed or or that I'm in or that I'm tied up in. Listen, there's nothing wrong with going to God on a daily basis more than one time a day asking God to forgive us of our sins. Nothing wrong with that because we do sin daily. We fall short of the glory of God. And we have to be cleansed. If we're going to be effective for the kingdom of God, we have to be cleansed. But not only freshly cleansed, but we need to be fragrantly consecrated. Fragrantly consecrated. You see, in Old Testament times, the brides and the priests were anointed. Look at what happens there in verse number 3. They were washed first. Wash thyself therefore and anoint thee. The anointing of a priest meant a consecration. It meant a setting aside of that man to be worthy to be called a priest. Our anointing tonight is from the Holy Ghost of God. That's the anointing that we want to speak of. But before you can get an anointing, you've got to be clean first. 
And after we're cleansed, uh, we can be a part uh, and partake of the anointing of God. Folks, I'm here to tell you, I've been behind pulpits in many a places in my life than you wondering if God's 500 miles of that place. You began to look around, you're like, boy, I'm up here all by myself. I can tell you this, this place is a lonely place when God don't show up to tell you what to do. This is a lonely place uh, when the anointing of the God of heaven does not come down uh, and be with His people and to be with the man of God that preaches. Uh, the Bible tells us in 1 John 2.27, But the anointing which ye have received of Him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, uh, but as the same anointing teacheth uh, you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in Him. Folks, it's the anointing of the Holy Ghost that will teach us. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost that will uh, lead us and guide us and direct us. Uh, We need an anointing in our day. uh, A true anointing. uh, Not just a show. uh, Not just a a, a falsehood of some sort. uh, But we need a true anointing from God uh, to help us make it through the most difficult times of our life. The anointing, when the anointing comes, grace comes. When the anointing comes, dusty mercy comes. And it allows us to handle ourselves in different fashions than when what we would have done it if the anointing was not there. For example, (laughs) when someone really gets on your nerves or somebody's been mean to you, the anointing of God resting upon you will allow you to handle that in a situation where you won't wreck your testimony. You see, it's easy to blow. That's the easy thing to do is blow off the handle. The godly thing to do is let God take care of it. Take a deep breath and allow the Lord to work through you. I mean, that's just, that was just like I, I told you a couple of weeks ago about the school bus. Got with Hannah, got picked her up at school, got behind this school bus, going to the house. And there's this 13-year-old kid, I guess, in the very back of the bus telling me I'm number one all the way down the road. You know, 13-year-old kid. I was so much, Nathan wanted to stop the bus, go to the bus driver. Bus driver couldn't do nothing. I really wanted to follow the bus around. That kid gets off the bus and then take off my belt and wear his britches out is what I wanted to do. <laughs> but you can't do that. And the, every stop, every, you know, and I'm, I'm directly behind the bus, Damon. Every time, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm needing to get home. I'm needing to get her, Hannah started on her homework. I'm needing to get supper started. And, you know, I'm trying to get to where I'm needing to go, and that bus is stopping every time he's turning around. And not only is he telling me I'm number one, he's saying some choice words as well. And you can imagine what he's saying. And finally, I just got sick of it and tired of it. But the Lord, by the way of the anointing, moved in. And the last time that he looked at me and done that, I just clapped my hands and I looked at him and I said, I'm praying for you. He never did turn back around one time on that bus. Never did. 
as angry as I felt deep down inside and as angry as we all can get, at times we have to let the anointing of God work through us to where we don't blow our stack. Couldn't you see me in the newspaper now? Preacher follows the bus and runs this boy down for shooting him a bird. Picture all over the, you know, the news, newspaper and everything else. You know, it, it, that's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And we have to let better, have better judgment than that. And uh, even though we do get aggravated at some times. But not only those two things. Number three, we need to be fitly clothed. And I'm not talking about what we wear. Pay, pay close attention. The Bible says, Wash thyselves therefore, in verse 3, and anoint, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor, but make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. Naomi, in the scriptures here, you'll discover that Naomi advised Ruth to wear best, to dress up. In essence, to put off the garments of mourning is what was actually taking place here. Listen to the scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter 61. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to the opening of the prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The all of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Did you catch that? Let, let me read that again. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil for joy. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. Now when I'm mentioning to be fitly clothed to get closer to God, I'm saying this. How do we dress up and come before the Lord Jesus? According to the Scripture, we'll dress in garments of joy and praise. I don't know how some people even ever get a blessing. Really. Because they have zero joy. None. They have the, uh, the, the every day is a bad day. You're, y'all know anybody like that? Every day is nothing but a complaint. You know, God's given them the air to breathe. He's put a roof over their head, put food on their table, shoes on their feet, clothes on their back, has loved them, has saved them, but they are they have no joy at all. They have not come to the conclusion of understanding and know that everything is not going to be a bed of roses. And they continue to not have any joy in their heart and no praise to God from their lips. The Bible tells you and I that we should give joy and praise uh, through everything that we go through, uh, whether it be good uh, or whether it be bad. Listen, I'm telling you, if God is allowing it to happen, it's happening for a reason and somebody's going to get help for it. Bad things do happen to good people. 
Look at Job. The Bible says he was a perfect man. Perfect. Now, that word perfect in the Old Testament is not defined like the perfect perfection of Christ. But it was meaning there that he was a righteous and upright man. He was a good man, was Job. But then all of a sudden, he's lost everything. He has nothing. He's lost his family. He's lost his cattle. He's lost his home. He's sitting in in ashes and ash heap. He's got sores all over him. He does not, listen, he does not defy God through it all. He continues to say, and some of the words that ring out in my mind are this. Naked in this world I came. Naked I'm going to leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No matter what we go through. You know, we people have went through tough times. But I've seen people go through tough times and still have a smile on their face and they still praise God for His goodness. And one thing I try to remind people, if you'll look around, somebody's probably worse off than you are. Somebody's probably way more worse than than you are. And, And my friends, when you put it in that perspective, it doesn't look so bad. You know? We'll wear a frown on our face because uh, the wife didn't cook our eggs the way we wanted them for breakfast. And we'll be uh, frowning and we'll be, uh, you know, smart aleck back at one another. And, yeah, 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 and you'll leave and go to work mad. Yeah. Stay at work mad. Mad at everybody that comes along because your eggs was wrong. Mad is a hornet. And yet you turn around. And like I seen Larry up there today. Can't walk. Almost lost his legs. Rolling around in a wheelchair with a smile on his face. What he have to be smiling about? Well, one thing I can think without asking him about why he was smiling, he lived through that thing. He had a wreck on a scooter and about lost both legs. And still getting therapy today. And still, I mean, he pulled his pants leg up. And I don't even know if it was a kneecap or reconstructed whatever, but it's way over here. And boy, we're going to be all bent out of shape because our eggs was done wrong. You know, but that's how people are. That's how life is. Just be thankful that you got a stinking egg. (laughs) You know, some people don't have any eggs. We can be so meticulous. And. Exactly. Sport rotten. We want everything perfect. And there's no reason in this world why it shouldn't be perfect. I think about this house over there. Ray will be over there working. I'll be in there working. Max will be in there working. On the inside, we'll be looking around. Every time I turn around, I see a new crack in the wall. But I tend to often forget that house was built in 1950 
we pulled that tub out over there. It had a date on it of 1928. It was the tub. The cast iron tub. And yet, I'm thinking this house is going to be perfect. <laughs> it ain't going to be perfect, is it, Rick? It's going to be pretty, though. And it's what God chose to give us. So, hey, we'll just use it for His glory. Amen? You know what? Have you ever thought about this? When people looked up at the cross and Jesus was hanging there, and they looked at Him and they seen the blood running down from His face and, and the nails in His hands and in His feet, although He was a perfect God-man, how many people probably looked at Him and said, you know what? He's in bad shape. He's not perfect at all. But you know what? He was. He was. And I guess what I'm trying to say tonight is this, is sometimes things are not as bad as it seems. I'm sure, Dusty, there were several there uh, at the foot of the cross of Jesus thinking that this was the end of the world. Even His own elect, even those 12 followers of His, some of them did not even know that He was going to rise up on the third day. They didn't know it. Some of them did not even know it. And you know they probably cried out and said, this is it, it's over. But if he hadn't have left the way he did, died the way he did, he never would have been the Savior that he is today. And he never would have resurrected from the grave and and ascended back to the Father. I've got to move on. Fitly clothed. We've got to be clothed in gladness, mercy, joy, praise, singing unto him. It will draw you closer. Number four, we've got to be fully committed. The most sacred place is at the feet of our Redeemer. Look at verse number 4. And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Ruth here is placing herself at the feet of Boaz which was a sign of full commitment. She placed herself under His protection. We can never have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ unless we are fully committed unto Him. I know a lot of preachers. I talk to a lot of preachers. Some folks that have been with me the last couple of weeks... They cannot believe how many times this phone rings and there's a preacher on the other line. It's part of ministry. Preachers need ministering too as well. Don't worry, I pick up the phone and call plenty myself. Being honest with you tonight, always will be, Lord being our helper. Fully committed. You can ask all of the preachers in America today, What is your biggest complaint with the congregation? Commitment. One word. You ask Mike Blanton as many revivals as he preaches all year long. I think he's off one one week out of the year for Christmas. Other than that, he's on the road somewhere preaching. I asked him, I said, Preacher, what's the number one complaint? He said, commitment. Everyone that I've talked to, commitment. Commitment. You see, 
serving the Lord Jesus Christ is not just a passing fad. It's not just something to soothe your conscience. It's a commitment to a true and living God. A full commitment. And Ruth is placing herself at the feet of Boaz, which is a sign of full commitment. She was placed under his protection. You and I are to get to the feet of Jesus tonight and be protected by him and say, Lord, I'm sold out unto thee no matter what comes my way. I'm standing for what's right. I'm going to make a commitment. Folks, we can never have an intimate relationship with Christ unless we're fully committed unto Him. I'm glad that when He went to the cross of Calvary, He was fully committed to die for you and I, to shed every drop of blood in His body for you and I. I'm glad that He was committed to us. But yet so many of us are not committed fully unto Him. Number five, closer to God. How can we do it? Number five, be faithfully compliant. Obedience is necessary in having an intimate walk with Christ. Obedience. Bible study alone will not help us to know God. Bible study gives us knowledge about God. Obedience gives us knowledge of God. John 14, 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Faithfully compliant. Intimate walk with him. When you pastor people, you get pulled in many directions. Bob McCurry told me something the other day. It made me feel this big, Damon. This was the week that he was in Chesney preaching. They called me wanting to go to lunch. I said, I'll try. I'm over here helping these guys at the house. I've got pain all over me. I said, I'll, I'll be there if I can. I, I did show up. I showed up late. He said, where you been, preacher? I said, we're over there trying to get that house ready. Get it fixed up. He said, well, what are you doing? Looks like you've been painting. I said, yes, sir. Been over there painting. <laughs> he made me feel this big. He said, I bet Peter and John never picked up a paintbrush. I said, and Peter and John wasn't free will Baptist. <laughs> you see, <laughs> faithfully, Committed and compliant. And I said that story to say this and kind of tying it in from the backside. There are times, Brother Hap, that the men of God get too busy. Some people don't understand that. You get too busy, Brother John. And when I get too busy, you know what goes lacking? I spend less time with Him. And then my heart begins to break. And then, Damon, I have to slow down and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm getting in the prayer closet now and praying. All this other stuff can wait. I need a word for tonight. And I need a word from heaven. And I'm not getting an answer by doing what I'm doing. I need to get with you. And you see, there's times uh, uh, when 
I promise you, it will do you a whole lot of good, or it does me a lot of times, to notice and recognize that we're doing so much for the Lord that it's taken away from our time with the Lord. We can't do that. You have to be very careful. In conclusion tonight, in Boaz's response to Ruth, we see our Lord's response to us as we draw near to Him. You'll read in Ruth chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, that Boaz received her. Aren't you glad that Jesus received us just as we were? But not only that, you'll look at verses 11 through 13, and Boaz reassures her. Aren't you glad that we can have a reassurance yeah. of our salvation and our faith in Him, the one that loves us? It's God's perfect love for us that will cast out our fears and will reassure us of that place called heaven. But then you have in Ruth chapter 3, verse 18, you have where He replenished her. There are times in our life when we need replenished. Yeah. We'll grow weak, we'll grow weary, our faith will draw weak. But yet, for some reason or the another, it's the Holy Spirit of God that comes by and replenishes us. Naomi advised Ruth to be still. That Boaz would not rest until everything was done. Folks, Jesus, our heavenly Boaz, has finished the work of our salvation. And our responsibility tonight is our response to His ability. He can get it done. We're the one that failed. He's not going to fail. But we will. And we ought to want to draw closer to Him. You want to draw closer to Him? Be faithfully compliant. Be fitly clothed. Be fully committed. Be freshly cleansed. And be fragrantly consecrated unto Him. I want you to stand tonight if you would. They come get us a song of invitation.